let me just change our slides here to that. So we're still in Genesis, <clears throat> still going through verse chapters 1 through 11. It moves a lot of territory really fast in the first like 10 or 11 chapters. A lot, m much of the Bible is covered time-wise in those uh, few uh, chapters. And so just by way of review real quickly, um, and, and for those who may have missed a couple of our sessions so far, we have been talking about um, the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Title of our series is called uh, In the Beginning. And so we talked about, first of all, we talked about that, um, you know, the creation uh, in chapter one. We, we talked about several other things in, in regarding that orchestration, evaluation, relaxation, and irrigation, how God put all that in the place to keep things moving forward in his in his garden so we're going to move now into conception we talked about first creation we talked then about uh the curse in in chapter three and now we're going to talk about the conception the first conception in the bible because so far it's just been adam and eve and so we pick it up in chapter four verses one through sixteen chapter four verses 1 through 16. Let's pray. Father, we bless now your word for your glory, for your honor, as we think about this next subject along our timeline of Genesis in the beginning for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And the Bible says, Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived. So that's where we get our word conception. She conceived, and she bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and he was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain, notice he brought uh, of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And the Bible says, Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass, when he was in the field, they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? And the voice, of thy, the voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod and on the, on the east of Eden. So there are certain things that every child must decide for themselves with respect to God and with respect to life. That's what we're going to talk about. Conception, conception brings us into the world. <laughs> but choices help us live appropriately and victoriously in it. So our children, because that's what we're talking about, the firstborn children, Adam and Eve weren't born, they were created. These are the first conceived children, is Cain and Abel. 
And so our children have to decide that they're going to please God in all things. That's the first thing that I think our children have to decide. Abel's offering, notice that, please God, and Cain's offering displeased God, right? Cain settled for mediocrity and inferiority in life and ministry, but Abel always sought God's best and God's highest. You know, in the international, very interesting, in the international pro soccer league, it's very different than sports in America. Abel, excuse me, see, in international soccer, you've got to actually earn the right to stay a pro. You can't just, you know, be a pro and stay a pro. You have to actually win a certain amount of games and so forth and so on to keep that designation, or you will get bumped down to an inferior league losing all those endorsements and whatever have you in commercials or whatever it is that they do. So people like to stay in the big league and like to stay pro. So it requires work, uh, team effort, and so forth to stay up in there. You could, you could be, have a losing season. You could have an, a, a, a 15 or one, <laughs> one uh, win and 15 losses and still be considered a pro football player. Uh, a pro football team. You always have that designation. There is no bouncing up and down among the ranks. And so I say that to say this, it, it, you know, it is what it is, but Cain settled for the inferior leagues while Abel always sought to play on a different field of life. Amen. So one other thing that we see when we think about children deciding to please God in all things is Cain often took the easy way out. Notice he said in verse seven, if thou doest well, God says, then uh, you'll be accepted, just like your brother, uh, and so forth and so on. And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. You can make a choice. You can choose to honor me, or sin is waiting for you right outside the door. So, you know, it's easy to sin. Uh, it's easy to storm out of a room. It's easy to run out of God's presence, but it's harder to do right. Well, why is that? Well, it's because so many things and people in this evil world militate against good. Um, after all, we, we all, all of us want to be accepted. We, we want to fit in. We, we don't want people to not like us. Abel offered an offering that cost uh, something in both time and money. Meat, for example, generally, as he offered meat, costs more than fruit and vegetables like Cain offered. It just is what it is. All Cain had to do was go pick a few apples, dig up a few potatoes, and throw them in a basket. But Cain had to chase down his best, fastest, fattest sheep, kill it, pour out the blood, cut it into acceptable pieces, and then present that to a holy God. That took a lot more work, okay? I have a lot of respect for butchers watching what they do and trying to do it myself at home. It's a lot of intricate work. Um, and they both, by the way, had the same amount of time. Notice this, to figure it all out. The, the phrase is used in verse 3, in process of time, process of time. That word process in Hebrew means, and it's most often translated when it's used in the Bible, as end or, or the end of time, the end of, of space. Uh, God always has an end game in mind. Amen? With whatever that we're going through. One of the sayings on the wall of a school that I've worked at in the past says, always begin with the end in mind. Always begin with the end in mind. You know, trials are cyclical. Everyone ends and then God brings a new one to mature and humble us. There's always more valleys usually in our lives than mountaintops. You know, our children must decide to stand on their own two feet. But Cain, notice in verse 5, unto Cain and to his offering, God had not respect. 
Cain was wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are your face poked out? Basically is what he's saying. Why are you wroth and why is your face poked out? Why is your countenance fallen? That's the picture here. We have to own our faults. We have to be ourselves. Cain was angry because he couldn't be like Abel. But God didn't make him Abel. He made him Cain. <laughs> Cain just had to be as much as he could like God, not like Abel. He was trying to be the wrong person, yes? See, boys must decide to be men. I want you to notice that Eve, she already saw her baby boy as a man like Adam. She says, I got a man from the Lord. That's what she says, okay? And so in verse 1, and so if we're going to keep sheep, then be the best shepherd you could be. That's okay. It's acceptable. If you decide to till the ground, that's acceptable. Just be the best farmer you can be. Yes? And so it's all good, honest work, but you got to stay in your lane. Let me explain it this way. You know, everybody can't afford to be boozy. Okay? We can't all afford to be bougie. And so I don't even know how to spell that. I tried my best. I don't know if it's B-O-O-Z-I-E or what it is, but it's a made-up word. We made up the word, but it's bougie. So we've had to recognize and accept that as the Griffins, we're, we're not rich people. We don't make the big bucks. We just don't. Um, we never have. Uh, but we're not poor either. You know, we live a simple life. You know, God is good to us. Amen. We trust God hand to mouth and, and his hand to our mouth. We've had to accept all the good things that he brought upon us, whether they're good or bad. Amen. Uh, this year, in, in, in just example, he took our favorite little car away from us. We love that little car. And he took it away from us in an unfortunate accident. It is what it is. Thank God nobody was hurt seriously. Uh, and then once we finally got all that sorted, <laughs> after all of the replacement vehicles and finally got them all under control and ending, never ending repairs, uh, God suddenly took my stable, comfortable job. <laughs> it, what I should say is the job ended. And so they bounced me in the district to another job. So I got upended again, thinking everything was kind of cushy and back in, in, in uh, some level of normalcy. God placed me in a very difficult, uncomfortable situation uh, from that. And so uh, for a time until he, uh, you know, uh, sees fit and finally opened that door for a new school. Praise the Lord. But but once we think everything is kind of quiet. <laughs> And we can rest a little bit. What I find so often with the Lord, we go right back into another trial. We on refrigerator number two now <laughs> in two months. OK, so God knows the Griffins. We just can't go to the Hyundai dealer. We can't do that and put down drop 25K on a new car. We're not in a position to do that. Some people can. We can't do that. Nor can we afford to go to Lowe's and buy a $2,000 refrigerator or, or other appliances when they go out. We're not in a position to do that. Nope. So we got to get a hoopty. We got to get used appliances, offer up and pray. That's what we do. Amen. And I'm handy by trade. So that helps a great deal. And, you know, and we've got warranty stuff in place. And so we cover ourselves. We make sure that stuff is working and have a backup plan. And so God has always been good. But but we put uh, Band-Aids sometimes on maintenance issues. People that, that aren't able to go and just, you know, millionaires, they don't worry about vehicles. They don't worry about gas mileage. They don't they don't they buy a car. They don't care if it get eight miles a gallon. It doesn't matter to them because money is not an object for them. So so but we put band-aids on maintenance issues that arise many times until we can do better and do the bigger overhauls and whatever it is that you're purchasing. And we do simple renovations in our homes and uh, so forth and so on until we can afford the granite or the marble or the whatever it is and so forth and so on. And so 
So now on our second fridge with issues in a few months, but it is what it is. God knows that that's where we live. That's where we are. That's where we operate. That's where people operate. So we got to roll with the waves that God sends our way. Amen. We simply got to stay in our lane in this life. We can't try to be able. We can't be other than Cain, if that's who God made us. We just need to be the best Cain we can be. See, we're not in the Rockefeller or Leon Musk or Tom Brady lane. Do you get that? We're not in that lane. We don't operate in that lane. We are in the lane that God has prescribed for the Griffins, amen, or whatever your name is. The only other alternative is getting into debt, and God says that that's not wise either. So we struggle through. We try not to complain, but if I'll be honest, I always do. <laughs> I always do. I'm a spoiled, spoiled uh, suburban kid, grew up fairly, you know, fairly well-to-do parents and so forth. And so, so I always complain, but God always brings me back. Amen. And somehow we make it. You know, God always has a backup plan when we need help. So here's the question. Are you staying in your lane? That's the question. Amen. From this text. Let's talk about something else relative to Cain and Abel. One other thing I see is that our children have to decide to respect family and celebrate those who are differently gifted. Uh, our children, they have to decide to respect family and celebrate those who are differently gifted. Look at verse 8. Notice the Bible says, But Cain, Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, we don't know what happened between the first part of verse 8 and the second part of verse 8. We just know that it wouldn't go in Cain's way for whatever reason. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? God knew. God doesn't ask questions because he wants to know. He wants to know how we are processing what he's asking us about. So he says, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. I am, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? So verse 10 tells me that he knew, <laughs> basically, that he knew that he had done something to his brother. The voice of thy brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So again, everybody can't be an Abel, amen? And everybody can't be a Cain. So why would Cain then kill his own brother Abel? Let's talk about this. Key verse here is in verse 8, the first part. Cain talked with Abel. Do you see that? Cain talked with Abel. So let's talk about this. What do you think that he talked with Abel about? <laughs> well, we'll note the context of verse 7. Cain was kind of feeling Abel out. And what made him tick, in other words, why he was so favored by God, once he realized the sacrifices that he'd have to make uh, to likewise do well, God's standard was well, if you do well, before God, uh, in other words, he decided that it would kind of cramp his style and interfere with his worldly lifestyle. Now, now, Abel was a threat then because he was a constant reminder to Cain of his failures and, and, his, and the earthly link uh, to the God that he despised. Let me throw up some scriptures here uh, for you. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 4, by faith, the Bible says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. Uh, one writer says this about this story. Abel's was a more excellent sacrifice because offered, it was offered in a more excellent spirit. There is probably a reference also to the, this kind of offering. 
And it was not merely a thank offering like that of Cain, but a, here's a million dollar word for you, propitiatory, that word is in the Bible, by the way, a blood sacrifice has to do with offering blood to satisfy the righteous demands of a holy God. So it was a propitiatory sacrifice, testifying of his gifts, expressing God's approval. Notice this phrase, yet speaketh. By his example and its efforts, uh, effects, two persons may engage in the same external worship and yet their service be totally different in the sight of God. Whatever is done in order to be accepted of him must be done with faith in spirit and in truth. Here's another quote about this phrase, more excellent sacrifice. And it's because it was offered in faith. Faith must have some revelation of God on the God of which it fastens itself. The revelation in this case was doubtless God's command to sacrifice animals, thus being the firstlings of the flock. And it was in token of the forfeiture of men's life by sin. Uh, and as a type of the promised bruiser of the serpent's head, we'll get to that in chapter three, verse 15 and the one coming sacrifice. And so this command uh, is implied in having uh, made coats for skins for Adam and Eve in chapter three, verse 21. Actually, we did cover this already. So these skins must have been taken from animals in sacrifice. So uh, uh, in as much as it was for, not for food, these were slain animal food not being permitted till after the flood, uh, nor for mere clothing, as it were, so clothes might have been made of the fleeces of uh, needless cruelty uh, 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 of animals. But the coat of skin put on animal, uh, uh, Adam from a sacrificed animal typified the covering or the atonement. The Hebrew word, by the way, for atone means to cover. And it speaks of and points to Christ's sacrifice. So why kill Abel? Back to that question. Much of the same reasons that Saul tried to kill David. Jealousy was one huge one. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 verse 4, wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Right? You know, after talking with Abel, Cain realized at least three things. Let me give them to you here. One, he could not control him. Two, he couldn't compete with him. And three, he couldn't cope with him. Let me go back and talk about these one by one. First of all, after talking with Abel, he realized that he could not control him. See, Cain couldn't pull Abel down to his level, his way of thinking or his way of living. Um, spiritually strong people, think about this, who know who they are, they're not easily swayed by others to do wrong. Um, Satan he knew that he'd lose with Adam. So he got him to uh, really through Eve instead. He, he, so number two, he couldn't compete with him. He could not compete with him. Uh, he offers this more excellent sacrifice, the Bible says, and it testified of his gifts, of his giftedness, in other words. Abel operates on a different arena. He, he, he thinks outside the box. So in characteristic, immature and insecure fashion, Cain defiantly quips to God, am I my brother's keeper? You know how people, when they don't, they don't ha really have anything else to say, they just say something sarcastic, okay? In other words, am I my brother's guard or, or watchman or protector? You know, the most feared heavyweight knockout artist in, in his history, recent history, was Mike Tyson. 
Um, when he realized he was losing badly to Evander Holyfield, he bit off his ear twice in a match. That was unprecedented. That never happened before. And he was disqualified. No other boxer that I know of in history has ever done such an unsportsmanlike thing. He just couldn't handle losing because, hear me now, because he was Mike Tyson. Up to that point, I believe, undefeated, heavyweight champion of the world. See, it's really a matter of contentment. Look at this verse in 1 Timothy uh, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment or clothing, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich, in other words, you want to be rich. You want to be able. You, know, you don't want to be Cain. You want to be able. And I'm not saying Abel was rich. He was rich in other ways, but I don't know that he was rich with monetary things. Okay? But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. So he couldn't control him. Cain could not compete with him. And then one other thought is he could not cope with him. See, Abel constantly reminded Cain of all he was not every time Cain saw him. He, could no more, he couldn't bear to face him another day, so he just kills him to avoid facing up to his inadequacies. Afterwards, when confronted by God, Cain wasn't even concerned for Abel, nor remorseful for his deed. I find that interesting. He was just upset that God would punish him so severely. That's sad. You know, it says he, he's more concerned about himself. He says more than I can bear. Not, oh, man, I can't believe I killed my brother. No, your punishment is more than I can bear. But, but what about the fact you killed your brother, I think? You know, wouldn't that be something to, to kind of have on your radar? So what's more ironic but so like God is the fact that God gives grace and mercy to Cain anyway. <laughs> um, he, he places a protective mark upon him, giving him a land, a wife, a family, verses 16 and 17. But God loves us simply because he made us. Uh, so, we can be, so, so we can be so unthankful and so ungrateful. That's the picture that we see. You know, really this story, when you think about it, is just a matter of learning to be who you are and being content with that. It, it, it's the age-old story. The, Adam, the, the Adam and Eve, I mean, the Cain and Abel story is just it's the age-old story of of, like we said, staying in your lane, being who you are, not trying to be like somebody else. We must be the best that we can be, not someone else's best, okay? It's just plain old envy and jealousy at the end of the day. You know, Julius Caesar named a month after himself. Did you know that? July is named after Julius Caesar. Then it had uh, only 30 days. A later Caesar named Augustus then names August after himself, <laughs> adding an extra day to the month borrowed from February just to say that he had more days than Julius. That's just a shame. They, they need to get a life. You know, someone is always going to come along better or more popular than you. Learn to rest in God and stop being so focused on your own image. Stop being so insecure. Yes. Um, you know, I want you to note this, too. We may never reach the point of killing a sibling like Cain did with a weapon, but we can really do as much damage to them with our words. 
by jealous gossip or malicious slander. Amen. So I want you to see another th thought here, and that's this. Children, like Cain and Abel, must accept God's judgments and corrections in their life. This is normal. This is what I want you to see in verses 11 through 16. This is normal life in a real world. Okay. And notice this in verse 11. So he says, now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy bro brother's blood from thy hand. When you till the ground, God says, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whosoever slays Cain, vengeance. Now, here God is protecting him. He says, I'm going to put a mark on you. He says, Whoever messes with you, I'll take vengeance on him sevenfold. And so the Lord set this mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. This is huge. This is really huge here. Life is built on learning from mistakes and constructive criticism, taking that on the chin with grace and dignity. Amen. See, we can learn something from everyone. <laughs> and, and we've got to learn to smile through adversity and times when we don't understand what God is doing in our lives. Uh, it's not always judgment necessarily for wrong. Often it's a test to see if we're worthy and will appreciate when the blessing or rest does come. See, God is good to us even when we're bad to him. Cain is a perfect example of that. Okay, still put on a marker protection on Cain so that he could live out his days. I find that so amazing. At the end of the day, none of us has any excuse not to serve God. Let me let me insert a little humor as we wrap our thoughts up today and then kind of bring this home for your thinking. You know, what wouldn't Cain think about this give for a decent sacrifice to God? OK, think about this. What, what wouldn't Cain give? for a decent sacrifice to God, okay? Because uh, he wasn't able, you get it? A-B-E-L, because he wasn't able. And so, uh, so, so he wasn't able to give a, 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 a decent sacrifice to God because he wasn't A-B-E-L, that's why. See, you know that sounds funny, it does, okay? But it's really true, think about this, okay? God blesses worthy people, does he not? And he curses those who care less about him or others. God blesses Abel's legacy later through Seth, uh, the appointed one uh, who, who God gave him instead of Cain. God gave Adam and Eve um, uh, him instead of Abel. Uh, like Abel, um, we need to be the real deal all the time. Yes. Even if it costs us like him our lives. Never lower your standards to be accepted by this world. No, no, no. Raise your standards to meet the high expectations of God. So let me throw this question back out to you again. Maybe not so much now in a humorous way, but in a serious way. Are you A-B-E-L? Are you able? Are you able? Let's pray together. Father.